BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins us now. Tony, always a pleasure. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Judge. Always good to be here. Thank you. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, General uh, uh, Valery Zaluzhny, the commander of the uh, Ukrainian military forces, gave an interview to The Economist magazine Uh, in which he said that the war in Ukraine was effectively a stalemate between Ukraine uh, and Russia. President Zelensky and his people erupted almost violently and condemned what General Zeluzhny uh, said. Uh, Two days later, General Zeluzhny's uh, chief of staff was celebrating his birthday. He opened up a birthday present uh, and it exploded in his hands and he was dead. What's your take on all of this? I'd be careful about what birthday parties I go to in Ukraine, just saying. So uh, first off, I want to point out to the audience that what is now transpiring coming out, you've been covering uh, a long time, that this offensive was not going to work. Uh, Doug McGregor and, and Danny Davis, a lot of us have been speaking out on this. And it, the, the facts have always been clear to us, but it seems to me the propaganda was very strong and it's taken this long for the for the sheen of propaganda to wear off and get to the truth. Um, Zelensky's desperate, and uh, the, the, the Zeluzny interview to to uh, the Economist, I think, is problematic. It's not it's not a stalemate. They've lost the ability to generate offensive operations. That they being Ukraine, and the Russians, by most credible accounts, now are back on the offensive. And and we're not I'm not talking about 1945, uh, you know. Uh, front level moving tr- tanks towards uh, Kiev, like they, you know, like they did with Berlin. I'm talking about that the tactical situation has changed so that the Russians now can take and use initiative at a local basis to regain uh, terrain, and that's what's being reported. This is this is mainstream media reporting from a number of sources. So Zeluzny was simply reflecting the fact that the offensive failed. That's it, and. You, you see people freaking out in the United States. Uh, I'm, I don't even know what to think of what, how the Biden folks are going to respond to this, because it's simply uh, going to demonstrate that the funding was ineffective because the strategy was ineffective. It was never going to work. We said this was never going to work. And, and here well, we are. We, we did. We did say it. And I'm smiling only because you anticipated my next question. I mean, how do uh, the president and the neocon cabal around him get out of this? They wasted 113 billion dollars. We don't know how many Ukrainians are dead. Reports are between 300 and 500,000. Uh, the 
50,000 died in the failed uh, offensive. All of our people, including you, predicted before the offensive started that it wasn't worth it and that it would fail. Right. Uh, how do they get out of this other than by diverting our attention to Israel? Well, they've already, that's number one. Uh, they want to kind of divert it over without admitting it because Biden is still working with Senate Democrats to try to prevent the splitting of funding between the Israeli issue and the Ukrainian issue. But there's a subtle but uh, distinct difference in the way they're messaging it now. They're, they're, they're basically going to say, don't look at Ukraine. We have to focus, as you point out, on the, the Israel issue. And we can't let them do that because this is another situation. Uh, and this is where I completely align with libertarian thinking on this. We have far too often gotten ourselves involved in military activities, uh, made really horrific choices, and then, oh, we pretended it didn't happen. No, 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 no. We, we need to look at how we got here. And the neocon establishment, the, the Jennifer Rubens, the the um, Paul... Victoria, oh Victoria Newland. Paul Klugman, that, that knucklehead at the New York Times, that, that the economist, he's on board trying, oh, the spending is right, important. Right, no, it's not. Right. It's wasteful and, and it's inefficient. I, I want an effective defense, not an expensive defense. And and you can have you could have that, but uh, they're going to reframe it, Judge. They're going to try to say, "Oh, uh, it's not our fault," but it is their fault. It was their strategy. It was funding adequate to the level they asked for and more, I think. And it it it, it did not work because it was they did not want it to work. They were never in it to win it. This is another example of neocon, the neocons wanting to maintain this slow stream of misery to keep the U.S. engaged as a, a, a non-combatant uh, aggressor trying to keep things going. I mean, we should never have been involved in what I consider a Slav versus Slav issue within the region. That That is something we could have been helpful and negotiate. We should never have been trying to take a side at this point. Let, let's get back to the um, explosion. It, it was a birthday gift. Yeah. And it looked like they were shot glasses, shots of liquor, um, made to look like a fake grenade. Only one of them was a real grenade. Yeah. The general, not Jaluzny, his chief of staff, maybe was a colonel. I couldn't tell from the insignia. They're different from ours. Gave it yeah. to his 13-year-old son. The son couldn't open it. The son gave it back to the general. The general opened it, boom, it exploded uh, and blew him uh, apart. It did not come from the mail. It was delivered to his home. What's your take on that? Is, is, is that sending a message to Zeluzhny from Zelensky that you could be next if you say things again, like what you said to The Economist magazine? Because the Russians don't trade in this. They could have knocked off Zeluzhny and, and Zelensky long ago, but right. that's not their style. Well, they could use polonium-210 and T as a certain, a certain they've killed certain dissidents in England. So right. I'm just saying, uh, to your point, you can take uh, the man out of the Soviet. You can't take the Soviet out of the man. These people are still cut from the same cloth as the Soviet Union. They're going to do this sort of thing. It's very, they very much use intimidation and assassination as a part of their political process. And yeah, this is a, this is a strong message to Zeluzhny. I think Zeluzhny is on the path of being relieved or, did, or worse. Did, is the message from... The Ukrainian government or the Russians? I think it's from the Ukrainian government because, again, the, the Ukrainians have been unified in this this belief that included all their media, all their general staff in the military, 
and the political leadership of the country that oh the the offensive is inevitably going to to achieve specific and and and, and great objectives for relieving crimea from the control of russia doing all these other great things and, and it's like again those of us who have studied this issue even i'm not even an expert on the region and it's like this is not going to work uh, because they they were committed to it, and now because the that that veneer of the propaganda is breaking away, and you had such a clear and demonstrative break by Jaluzny. I mean, just him saying it's a stalemate is a huge break from the propaganda. I think he's he's uh, basically going to to limit his durability as a general within the Ukrainian military. You you and I uh, have spoken about, and this is before October seventh how the Ukrainian-Russian uh, war is the most propagandized in the modern era. But now you don't hear very much about it at all, except when something like this happens. The general tells the, the, the uh, magazine like The Economist, we're at a stalemate. The general's chief of staff uh, is murdered. The president publicly condemns uh, the general. Yeah. Uh, you don't hear about it uh, at all. Has the American government given up the ghost on... Ukraine. And if they have, is it because of the attitude of the Republicans in the House or failure uh, is an orphan? Nobody wants to admit that they fathered it. Well, I think it's all the above. I mean, the the, the, the biggest indicator that everybody's abandoned the effort is uh, Zelensky and his uh, bar tirade asking for credit. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm out of whiskey. I need more credit. I mean, that was a couple of, there's all sorts of memes out there of him doing that now basically oi just give us your money now and we'll pay you back that's that that's the face of desperation and, and a humorous face i might add but it's a face of desperation so that tells me that even his allies in washington have basically said hey bud it's all over the gravy trains ending you need to figure it out and i think that this indicates to me judge that the elon musk uh peace plan that he put out about two two years ago where he outlined some of these things may well be one of the things that people have to pick up because the ukrainians aren't going to win and the russians i don't think want to actually have to take responsibility for the entire country so i think I, there's there's going to have to be some sort of peace effort in, in, in this issue i don't see how joe biden can win i mean the peace no. plan the peace plan that uh, presidents Zelensky and putin agreed to two years ago before the Brits and the Americans said, oh, no, 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 we have your back, right. uh, is is a better deal than what they're going to get now. And of course, now they're going to get it with a whole generation of young Ukrainian men dead and buried. Yep. yep. Complete waste. Complete waste. I feel for the Ukrainian people, Judge. They got sold a bill of goods by Joe Biden and his neocon knuckleheads. So I, I feel their pain, so to speak. I, I, I can only imagine the pain of those being in combat. You know, and a quick side on that: the the, White, uh, the Pentagon was very dismissive of, of people being in harm's way. I mean, I don't want to go off too far on a tangent here, but yesterday, this, one of the spokesmen of the Pentagon said, "Oh, all these attacks in the Middle East by uh, Iranian militia against U.S. forces. Oh, it's no big deal. Look, if you're being shot at, bombs are going off close to you. It's a big deal. So the the idea that that people, and I consider this a class of people, the neocons who have never served." have no interest, who actually get us and our allies into war, uh, who basically it's it's a travesty. And we need to always look at uh, uh, buyer beware. Whoever's trying to encourage you to engage in military operations, always check why they're trying to do it, because, you know, there's a lot of issues that 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 are not honest. And I right. think uh, they were sold a bill of goods on Ukraine. 
where the you are bringing to my mind uh, the one-liner by Henry Kissinger. Now, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to get into a debate about Kissinger, but the one-liner is true. It is dangerous to be an enemy of the United States. It is worse to be a friend. Ah, Vietnam, Ukraine, the neocons will desert you uh, as soon as the as soon as the money runs out. Yeah. One more area I want to talk about sure. on Ukraine before we get to Israel. NBC sure. News is reporting that EU and U.S. diplomats have been discussing with each other the parameters for the mechanics for negotiations, like who and where and and when. Um, do you believe that? And do you think that President Zelensky is aware of it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, I do believe it. I don't think Zelensky, I think Zelensky's aware of it. I think he's trying to avoid it. I think there's a small cabal within uh, the, the Ukrainian government who uh, are still completely divorced from reality, that they're still trying to prop up this this idea that the West will rescue them. And um, they're very powerful. They're, they, 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 the denial is strong within the context of their current governance. They just are going to try to drag it out. I think that they'd rather kill people like Zeluzny's chief of staff than admit defeat. I think that's no. how that's how uh, how they are. And so remember but I think that, they're going to be forced to go to the negotiations. There's nothing else. Remember that piece in Time magazine that we all read and about which we spoke, the reporter traveled around with Zelensky and his inner circle for a week and then he wrote it and wrote it. Uh, Chris put the salient parts on the screen right there. Uh, Zelensky's inner circle is saying he deludes himself. We are out of options. Yep. We are not winning. But try telling him that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it makes my point. Makes right. my point. Uh, uh, switching gears. Why was Secretary of State Lincoln's weekend diplomacy trip in the Middle East such an abysmal failure? Because they don't understand the Arabs. I'm just going to put it right out there. Look, Judge, one of the things that no one's talking about is who is absent in the attacks against the Israelis. And I look back at the 67 war, the 73 war. There were all the Arab states lining up trying to go after uh, Israel, that, that they were out to end that state. And yet now the, it's completely No one once has talked about Egypt picking up and, and going in and attacking Israel, right? Not no, no interest. As a matter of fact, I know Al Sisi would never do it. Uh, Saudi Arabia is now actually, I think, trying to quietly reconfigure themselves to get back into the discussions to regularize relationships. So right. this is this is a piece that people are missing, and 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 they're missing it because it's inconvenient to the, the narrative that the White House wants. The White House wants uh, to reconfigure things so that the uh, the Iranians, the the Shia are the lead partner in the Middle East. And this goes back to Zygmunt Brzezinski back in the freaking uh, 
a Carter administration. And I, and I, I'm still baffled by it. I mean, I've, you know, seen this and I just don't get it, but that's why you see this absence. So when Blinken goes over and talks, he's talking to people that he doesn't understand and can't wow. speak to them. Because Tony is, is the, is the Biden administration. I mean, I could say Joe Biden, but I, I don't know if he says what he honestly uh, thinks and processes in his brain, or if he's just reading what uh, his staff has written for him, but he is unambiguously in support of the Israeli invasion of Gaza. At the same time, he claims he's unambiguously in favor of a two-state solution. I don't know right. how you can be in support of both. So you can't, is no. the Biden administration serious about a two-state solution? You can't circle that square. No, the, the, the way I've defined the Biden administration's position on the Middle East is that they don't want to lose. They don't want to win. They, they don't understand the mechanisms or levers available to them. And therefore, that's why you see people like uh, Tony Blinken going over and just jawing away and nobody listening. This is the, the, the honest truth that people are going to talk about. The Arab states want the Israelis to beat Hamas. They do. They don't, they don't like what's going to take and they're not going to say it publicly. But Saudi Arabia wants it. Jordan wants it. Egypt wants it because they don't want that problem. They recognize there has been actual progress made with an absence of focusing on that crisis. The Abraham Accords judge for the first time within the, the modern context of negotiations divorced the idea of regional collective security from resolving the Hamas and Palestinian issue. That's why the Abraham Accord worked. It, it was it was separated. It was bifurcated. Nobody in this Biden administration doesn't want to talk about this. The actual progress right. on bringing stability, a, an enduring uh, uh, interlocking uh, collective security agreement happened because people stepped away from the Hamas issues and let people start talking. So the Arabs don't want to end that. They don't want that to, to, to backstep. So that's why I'm saying that while you're going to see public statements of support for Hamas, the actual answer is the Arabs want the Israelis to win. And I know I that's not going to go over well with a lot of people, but that's the brutal truth. No, no, Tony, uh, speak your mind and say what you want. Well, I, well I'm speaking my mind, and I know a lot of your audience are going to dig what I'm saying, but I'm just saying i got to say what I believe to be uh, factually supportable based on what I'm well, saying. So. I, I think my audience is intrigued by you, Tony, but I want to play two uh, clips for you. Uh, this is four and seven, Chris. We'll play them back to back. So first is uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu telling uh, ABC News that the Israelis will govern Gaza. And second is Secretary Blinken in Japan earlier today saying Israel cannot occupy Gaza. President Biden has said that it would be a mistake for Israel to occupy Gaza. Who should govern Gaza when this is over? I think Israel will, for uh, an indefinite period, will have the overall uh, security responsibility because we've seen what happens when we don't have it. Uh, Gaza cannot in, uh, continue to be run by Hamas. Um, uh, that simply invites a repetition of October 7th, uh, and Gaza uses a place from which to launch terrorist attacks. Uh, it's also clear that Israel cannot occupy Gaza. Um, now, the reality is that there may be uh, a need for some transition period uh, at the end of the conflict, but it is imperative that um, the Palestinian people uh, be central to, uh, to governance uh, in, uh, in Gaza and uh, in the West Bank as well. Uh, and that, again, uh, we don't see uh, a reoccupation. And what I've heard from Israeli leaders is that they have no intent to reoccupy Gaza and retake control of Gaza. So the only question is, 
uh, are there, is there some transition period uh, that might uh, be necessary, and what might be the mechanisms uh, that you could put in place uh, for that uh, to make sure that there is security? Uh, but we're very. I mean, these guys got to get their uh, signals uh, straight, Tony. So well, when I'm is when is the last time we gave billions and billions? Uh, to a um, uh, an ally in uh, wartime, and they thumbed their noses at us. Well, that's because the policies bifurcated. Like I said, they're speaking out of both sides of the mouth. They don't want to lose. That means they're trying to appease both sides, which means that we are going to be hated by both sides. And I'm just curious about Tony Blinken's visit to Japan, if he was able to talk Godzilla out of trashing Tokyo again, which <laughs> would be probably be his, about his level. Tony, of you're dating yourself. That movie is old. Yes, I know. <laughs> anyway, back to the serious issues of non-Godzilla discussions. Uh, no, Blinken is desperate in trying to mediate from a position of weakness. There, there is, it doesn't matter how much money we give him. It's like the, the, the aircraft carriers in the Middle East right now. Nobody believes they're going to do anything. It's, it's, there's a lack of credibility by the Biden administration because if you stand for nothing, everybody is going to hate you. And they stand for absolutely nothing. Yes, they, they, they say all these great platitudes, but they don't mean them. They don't care. It's all about right now trying to essentially reestablish a path to the joint agreed upon framework for the Iranians because they, they want to basically get that back on the table for whatever strange reason. And they don't want to support uh, the Israelis because I think a lot of the folks uh, in, in the Biden White House are closet progressives. I think they agree with uh, Talib uh, wholeheartedly. It's just they won't say it. Uh, but I think there's a great deal of that going on behind the scenes. So when you have okay. that level of, di of dissonance within your own administration, there's no way to focus it. Last area I want to talk about, sure. and you and I talked about this on October 8th, the day after the Hamas uh, invasion, or maybe it was the 9th. Uh, Haaretz, that's the Israeli daily newspaper, which is not friendly to the Netanyahu government, Yeah, reports that the CIA sent three warnings to Prime Minister Netanyahu in the two weeks preceding the uh, October seventh uh, assault, including one on October sixth, yeah. warning of imminent military uh, activity or organization, organized movement uh, of military types uh, in Hamas. Question: Did Bibi know about this ahead of time? I th I think they knew, but they were ignoring it. I think it was. Let me tell you why I think they ignored it, even with credible uh, reports. I think the Israel. I think uh, Egypt. Egypt, uh, I've talked to folks in Egypt. I think Egypt intelligence gave them a really solid heads up as well. The Egyptians, again, are really on their side these days, despite the fact they don't talk about it. The Israelis work very closely with the Egyptians. And here's why I think uh, they ignored it. Uh, confirmation bias. There was a desire, a, a, a want, and this speaks to the kind of the nature of some of the folks at the top of the Israeli government. They wanted to believe that Hamas was becoming more pliable and more friendly. They basically were able, that is Hamas, uh, to double some of their human assets so that those human assets were feeding false information, double agent operations, one of the things I ran early in my career. And then uh, there was a, uh, a belief, uh, again, confirmation bias. They wanted to believe that there was no danger from uh, them Hamas. So when you get these 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 intelligence reports which counter your your uh, your desired narrative, 
you ignore them. So, and by the way, people at that level do it all the time. I've, I've been in those rooms where I've had to brief people. It's a lot of people you know personally. You've 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 been in the room with them. Uh, I've briefed them on stuff, and they don't want to hear it, even though I can support it factually. Uh, you know, so it, I've just seen that those people at the policy Tony, level just decide they don't Tony, want to, they don't want to accept it. If you have a takeaway from your years in military intelligence and in civilian intelligence, might it be the government doesn't care about the truth? No, I, I, I the government cares cares about the truth if it supports their position within their narrative. Okay. They don't want the you truth. Said, you said it better than I did. They, they they don't want the truth if it actually counter goes uh, counter to a political narrative that benefits a politician who's in charge, uh, and and so. That's my issue is like if I if I come to you with nothing to win or lose, that isn't as an intelligence professional, I'd lay this out. Uh, you probably should listen. Uh, you, you may disagree with it, but you need to accept the fact that uh, I've devoted most of my life to to presuming upon you the idea that the information I'm going to, to, to provide is supported by facts and not uh, a fantasy and not Got a it. narrative. Got it. Tony, I know you have to run. I do as well. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for your time. Look forward to seeing you next week. Great. Good seeing you, Judge. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, at three o'clock uh, this afternoon, Eastern, Phil Giraldi. Why are war crimes rarely prosecuted? And will they be in this case? Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.